Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of It's Brewing at McEwen, a USF baseball podcast. I'm your host, Mark Giardino, and today I'll be joined by one of my co-hosts, Matthew Giardino. Today's episode features us giving our reaction to the four games that have occurred since our last podcast. That includes the three-game home series with VCU and the midweek win over Bethune-Cookman. We also look ahead to the start of conference play this weekend as the Bulls take a trip out east to take on UCF. Be sure to join us for our watch party for Sunday's game at 1 p.m. at Paddywagon Irish Pub at 2711 University Square Drive near the USF campus. A portion of all proceeds go to support NIL opportunities for USF student-athletes. Without further ado, let's get into the show. So we've kind of shifted to recording on Wednesday nights now, as opposed to uh, Monday nights. I think Wednesday night is good because it allows us to put the podcast out on Thursday morning. So everybody has a couple of days to listen to it before the weekend series starts. And it'll also allow us to kind of preview the weekend opponents a little more intently. So you can expect us to be doing the schedule the rest of the season. All right. Thinking about the past weekend, the Bulls just had a three-game home series with uh, Virginia Commonwealth, VCU. Um, they lost the first game. Um, the second game was a shutout victory. Uh, great pitching there in that game. And then the last game was a slugfest. A lot of offense on both sides. Bulls ended up losing. And then – Looking at yesterday, the Bulls uh, went on the road to Daytona Beach and beat a Bethune-Cookman team that has actually been playing pretty decent this season. I think they were 14-10 and 10 coming into the game last night. So definitely good to go out on the road and pick up a solid win and get some momentum before heading into this opening weekend of conference play, which is going to see the Bulls uh, going on the road to UCF uh, to open up AAC play. Um, we've promoted this on our pages. We have a watch party on Sunday in partnership with the Fowler Avenue Collective and Paddy Wagon Irish Pub, uh, very close to USF's campus. We're going to have cornhole contest, uh, billiards contest uh, to, uh, to raise additional funds for the NIL Collective. Um, and a portion of all proceeds from, you know, the, the watch party in terms of just sales during the watch party will go to the NIL Fowler Avenue Collective Fund as well. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, but, you know, we're just excited to, to have conference play, uh, on the horizon here. Um, but yeah, thinking about the past week. There, there was a lot of uh, really good performances at the plate. Uh, the Bulls' offense as a whole uh, was really, really good the past, these past four games. As a team, they batted 355. Uh, they scored 36 runs, average of nine runs per game. Um, there was a lot of really good individual performances there. Um, you saw Daniel Cantu just absolutely 
go off. Uh, he went 10 for 19 on the week at 12 RBIs. He had two different games where he had five RBIs in each game. Um, you also saw uh, Raphael Betancourt continue to play really well. He had his first career home run. Um, so, Matt, uh, who are a couple of hitters that, that kind of stood out to you besides besides the ones that I already mentioned? Yeah, I think uh, we're starting to see Marcus Brodell come back from, uh, you know, pretty productive freshman season. I know he struggled a little bit earlier on this year, but, um, you know, I think he was still dealing with some nagging injuries from the fall. Uh, but you're really starting to see him come around and, and make a lot of contact. And, you know, that's turning into base hits now. And I think that, uh, you know, whatever he's he's doing differently now is really, you know, creating a lot of uh, momentum for him going into conference play. And, uh, you know, he's one of our top performing hitters last year in, in conference play. So I, I think it's uh, pretty apropos or, or good timing that he's, you know, coming back around this year. Yeah, no, he had a really, really good week. I mean, he hits uh, safely in the last four games. Each of the four games this past week, he hit safely. He had a multi-hit game um, on Friday against VCU. Um, yeah, you could tell that he's really starting to see the ball well and kind of get back to, like, the form that, you know, we saw him in in conference play last year, um, which is, like you said, that's great to see. I think uh, another thing, too, that is, you know, really pointing towards positive is that he only struck out 11 percent of the time. I know it was a really small sample size, but, um, you know, I, I think kind of as a theme overall last week for the offense, um, you know, we really improved on our plate discipline. And overall, our, our team strikeout rate was only 14 percent um, when you compare that to, you know, how we've performed throughout the season. I would say it's probably our, our best week yet at the plate. Yeah, it definitely was the best week at the plate in terms of cutting down on strikeouts. Uh, the Bulls, like you said, only struck out 14% of the time. That's compared to what's the season average so far has been 24%. So that was really a really good week and a good time for the offense to get hot as the Bulls, you know, are preparing to play UCF, who has a, a very good offense of their own. Um so that that's kind of a couple of names there on offense, but I think some other there's a lot of names to kind of shout out on offense, just given um, you know how many good performances there were. I mean, Eric Snow had a heck of a week. The freshman is holding it down a shortstop, playing really good defense, but also just looking so mature at the plate. You know, looks like a professional at the plate. Um, you tell that he values every pitch. You know. When he's in a two-strike count, I always see him fouling off pitches or just can, extending his at-bats, and then eventually, at the end of the at-bat, he barrels it up and puts it in play hard. I mean, he went eight for 16 this past week. He had a, another home run. It was a three-run shot to tie the game on Sunday. Um, and in his 20 plate appearances, he only struck out one time. Uh, like I'm saying, he just extends his at-bats, and he, he just – you know, like I said, he values every pitch and, and fights hard. Yeah, one thing that when you look at, too, is I think combined the freshmen that are, are getting a lot of at-bats are really looking mature at the plate. You know, you, you talk about Eric Snow, but then we also have Raphael Betancourt, 
between those two guys, um, you know, they're only striking out 5% of the time this past week. So really mature approach at the plate, especially for guys that, you know, are, are still only a few weeks into playing college baseball. Um, so I, I think that having guys that are, you know, still so young, but at the same time, taking that really mature approach is, is really good, especially coming down to this part of the season. Yeah, you're right. That's I didn't realize that, but between Eric Snow and Raphael Betancourt in the last four games, they've combined for 40 plate appearances and they've combined to only strike out twice in those 40 plate appearances. I mean, those are true freshmen. And for them to be doing that at this point in the season is very remarkable. Um, it's testament to, you know, the way that they're approaching the game. They're, they're growing in their confidence. They're believing in themselves and they're opportunistic, you know, like especially Rafi, he continues to attack early in counts. You know, he knows that that's a time where he's likely to see something he can drive and he, he capitalizes on that. And uh, it's really good to see. But uh, yeah, at the plate, I mean, Travis Sankovic kind of started the past week a little cold, but in his last two games, he had two hits in each game. So that's good to see. And Jackson Mayo has been getting some plate appearances in the past week. And although the numbers aren't quite there yet, I mean, he is actually seeing the ball pretty well. Uh, I think he only struck out once in 15 plate appearances and he makes pretty hard contact. And I think that as, as he continues to get more plate appearances at bats, I think he's going to start finding some holes and, and get back to that level of production that you saw from him as a freshman where you know, he hit eight home runs as a true freshman, and he's a guy that's very capable of returning to that form, and it's I think he's getting close to that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree, and I think with that, too, uh, you know, we got to talk about John Montez with the big series coming up here with UCF. Uh, obviously, he's a, a transfer coming in from UCF this season, new to the Bulls, and he continues to hit a hot bat uh, as he has pretty much the whole entire season. Um, you know, continuing with hitting for a good average this past week, he batted 471. And uh, with that, also very productive with those hits as well uh, with a 1491 OPS. Um, so, you know, he's a guy, middle of the order bat that, you know, we're continuing to be able to rely on. And I think, uh, you know, having a guy like that, especially in the top of the order to, be that table setter, um, you know, it's really uh, helping out the rest of the offense and taking a little bit more pressure off of, you know, some of the guys that we were kind of expecting to rely on uh, earlier in the year or even, you know, coming into this season with Drew and, and Daniel. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> he's probably very excited uh, to be going to Orlando this weekend to be facing his old team. You know, he spent two years at UCF. And in his freshman year, he actually played more than he did in his sophomore year. You know, I mentioned it before, but I saw him get a big hit in the AAC championship game when he was a true freshman against against USF. And, you know, I could tell then he was going to be a good player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's got to be thinking, you know, revenge game, revenge weekend. Um, you know, he'll continue to ball out the way that he has been. And um, it's going to be exciting to watch. Um but yeah, I think, you know, when you think about the offense, um, I think 
it's good to see you that it's starting to click, cutting down on the strikeouts, um, getting more, getting more rallies going and, and, and putting up some, some crooked numbers, you know? And so that's good to see. Yeah. I think another thing is too, is we saw a lot of uh, contributions from a good amount of guys this past week. It, you know, it wasn't necessarily all bunched up and, you know, two or three guys. Um, I, I feel like, you know, with our consistency and our batting order, I think in the last four or five games, we've had pretty much the same top five. Um, you know, we're, we're really starting to see the whole entire lineup take shape, tape, take shape. And uh, with that, too, we're seeing a lot of consistency in, in the production from those players as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think I want to kind of move on to, to defense and some things that we observed in the past week defensively. Um, I think there was a, a couple of plays uh, in last night's Bethune-Cookman game that were really significant to the outcome of the game. You know, there was a situation last night against Bethune-Cookman. I think it was like the fourth inning, and Bethune-Cookman had the bases loaded, only one out, and one of their hitters drives a ball to, to center field, and uh, Drew Brecher had to – run it down, make a sliding catch. Uh, nobody was really expecting that ball to be caught. And because of that, he was able to easily turn a double play and end the inning. So it was really good for me to see uh, Drew making a good play like that in the outfield. You know, he's had kind of had a, a couple of struggles in the outfield, actually even earlier in the week. So to see him stick with it and to kind of just redeem himself and, you know, kind of build on on how he wants to play out there. That's good to see. And also um, another key play in last night's game was actually made by Bobby Bozer, who, who came in as a defensive replacement at third base for Travis Sankovic, um, made a sick dive to his left, stop a, a rocket, you know, ends up turning a double play. Really impressive play. You know, Bobby Bozer is a guy that, Started the season extremely hot for the Bulls. Looked like he was probably going to have the best offensive season of of any Bull. Um, you know, he's kind of slowed down at the plate lately, but, you know, maybe just making good plays on defense can kind of help him get his confidence back up and, and you know, see him get back to that form that we saw him in in the beginning of the year. And, you know, with Britcher making a good good plays as well. I mean, his bat has always been pretty solid the last couple of weeks. I think especially this past week, you know, he he did a good job of of cutting down on his strikeouts, which is something that he's been wanting to to work on. Uh, in his last twenty play appearances this past week, he only struck out twice himself. So, you know, he's making progress in a lot of key areas and getting close to returning to that form that we know Drew Butcher to be in. Yeah, and uh, kind of just. Going off the the other defensive plays that you know we saw, especially in person this weekend, uh, DC's back in right field, especially with Rafael Betancourt holding down first base. Um, you know, I think his range out in right field is plus plus, and also you know he has a a lot of hustle out there as well. So he was able to really get to uh, a lot of balls that you know maybe some other people wouldn't get to, especially on a, a play out in. Uh, basically out of play. He he ran a pretty far way to grab that over the weekend and really stood out to me. Um, and then also, you know, 
having a guy that's as athletic as Rafael Bentoncourt at first base, um, we're already seeing some really good stretches from him um, at that position, getting to, uh, you know, some balls that not everyone would be able to catch um, in terms of, you know, throws from the hole. And uh, yeah, besides that, uh, you know, I think the the part of our, our defense that needs a lot of improvement um, from the way I see it is the running game. And I think, you know, you, you kind of got some more information on that. Yeah, yeah, I was going to kind of get to that. Um, something's not right in terms of our ability to control the running game, to control the other team from stealing bases. Um, it's been going on for multiple weeks, and, you know, it's something that doesn't fall on one person only. You know, it's a team effort to control the running game. So it boils down to the pitchers, you know, monitoring the base runners with their leads, um, picking, you know, using your pickoff move when you have to, to keep, to keep the runner honest, um, pitcher time in, in the time to, to, to home plate in terms of, you know, the length of stride out of the stretch, um, the types of pitches that are being thrown kind of affects the running game as well. In the past week, we saw uh, VCU come into town, and we know they scored a lot of runs. Um, don't need to go into too much detail about that, but they stole 11 out of 11 bases, 11 stolen base attempts, and they were successful every time over the course of three games. Um, that is just something that, you know, can't happen, and I know I mentioned the pitchers and what they can do, but also the catchers um, just, you know, reacting quick enough and, and making the read and, and the throw. And again, like I said, it's a team effort. Second base shortstop's got to put down the tag. Um, but that's something that needs to be cleaned up as a team um, because you don't want the other team to feel like they can just come into town and run all over you. Um, it's not, not gonna, not gonna be good. So, you know, I think that's going to be a point of focus for the team to clean up as they head into conference play. And on our ends, uh, offensively, it doesn't seem like we're doing well with stealing bases ourselves. You know, we didn't, we didn't attempt any stolen bases over the weekend. And then last night, um, like at Bethune Cookman, three stolen base attempts, only one was successful. So the team needs to, you know, focus on the finer points of stealing bases, you know, maximizing your leads, getting good reads on the pitchers, scouting reports on the pitchers, tendencies, um, getting a good jump. It's not just about how fast you can run a 60 meter, 60 foot dash. It's not what it's about. I mean, that's, that helps you, but um, there's a lot of finer, think, finer points to stealing bases. I think at the very least, you know, we need to even the playing field at some capacity. You know, we can't be out stolen based, you know, one to 11. It needs to be, you know, at, at the very least 50, 50, um, you know, obviously that's not going to happen overnight, but um, we need to start working on, you know, getting that to a more even split for, you know, stolen bases and, and giving up stolen bases. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, also, uh, one more thing I want to talk to you when we're on the 
topic of small ball, you know, I, I was pretty impressed with Daniel Cantu over the weekend, uh, laying down that, laying down that bunt, um, base hit to the third base side. Uh, he saw that they were shifting on him and he laid down a beautiful bunt and got a single out of it. So I know we've kind of talked about, you know, the theme of small ball in previous podcasts, but, um, you know, I think that was a, a really good sign to see. Yeah, I love I love that play. I thought it was awesome. I mean, it was so quick too. I didn't even notice that VCU was already in a shift, and then before I knew it, DC was laying down a bunt to third base and had the easiest single of his life. So that was that was awesome. And I think that's you know he he's a leader for this team, and you know he's leading from the front and, and showing how it's done in terms of bunting and small ball, and it's really good to see. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about some pitching. Um, I know that. It was a rough week in some regards for pitching, but at the same time, there was actually some some good pitching performances that you know need to be noted and and recognized. Um, you know, for the week, talking about the last four games, if you think about VCU and Bethune Cookman, uh, three out of those four games, we actually got uh, really good starts from our starting pitchers on Friday night. You got a quality start from Ethan Brown. He went six innings. He gave up three runs and struck out 10 batters while only walking one. Um, so that was a really solid outing by him. And then on Saturday, you got an another gem, uh, Hunter Mink, six innings pitched, no earned runs, struck out six, walked three. So it was great to see Hunter come back uh, and have a good – Good start there. And also, if you look at last night, uh, Lawson Galey, the true freshman from Georgia, he had his third consecutive start in which he pitched th at least three innings and gave up one run or less. Uh, last night, he did five innings with only one run. Yeah, and I think, too, uh, you know, the, the one, um, you know, start that wasn't mentioned was Jack on Sunday. And you know, I I have a lot of confidence that, you know, that start he had on Sunday was more of a fluke than anything. I think uh, one thing I was surprised about is I didn't see him throw his curveball as much as I've seen him throw in the past couple of outings. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the game plan will be for this upcoming start. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, I'm still super high on Jack. You know, previous two starts, he went 13 plus innings and, you know, only gave up a few runs. So wanted to include that in there as well oh yeah for sure i think jack jack will be fine i mean his stuff is is great and you know every starting pitcher is going to have bad starts here and there even shane mcclanahan when he pitched at usf he had a start where he pitched four innings and gave up six runs you know like now he's a opening day starter which is going to be tomorrow for the tampa bay race so you know you can't get down on yourself just because he had one bad start um, you know, and he and he won't do that. He's a mentally strong player and and he'll bounce back for sure. But also uh, in terms of pitching performances from the past week, um, you know, Nolan Hootie had a really nice week out of the bullpen on Saturday in that win over VCU. He closed out the last three innings, shut out ball, picked up his first save of the season, came in last night against Bethune Cookman, pitched a scoreless inning. So a really nice week from him, four innings, five Ks, no walks, 
So it's good to see him uh, getting into a groove. And it looks like, you know, going forward that he'll be, um, you know, a key bullpen guy for us, which is a role that he was excellent in last season. And it, it, all the signs are pointing to, pointing to him being very effective in that role again. It, isn't it beautiful when, uh, you know, you only have to use two pitchers in a in a win? I think that's uh, the most beautiful thing in college baseball. Size, obviously, a complete game. Um, but just wanted to, uh, you know, point that out. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, Saturday, like I said, you get six innings from Hunter, three from Nolan. You know, that gives guys some rest. Um, it's great for their confidence, you know, seeing their teammates being able to shut down a team with only two pitchers. Um, you know, that's we love to see that. Um, so that that was really good. I think another couple of notes um, in regards to pitching, uh, we're seeing Dylan Vega being used, which is pretty cool. Um, still being used lightly, um, given the fact that he's returning from some kind of injury. But, you know, he's a guy that before he got hurt last season was actually starting games uh, for the Bulls in his first year after coming in from Juco. So, you know, it's good that he's being used and, and maybe he'll gradually build up to, to a bigger role as the season goes on. We had a question come in on Twitter when we put up a tweet, you know, asking for fan questions. Uh, this question came in from at TGBN 1997. Um, he's basically asking, you know, conference play has been Coach Mole's Achilles heel for most for the most part um, as USF's coach. Uh, what does USF need to do in conference play to change that going forward? Um, you know, it boils down to a lot of the stuff that, that we talked about. Um, continuing to swing the hot bats, um, continuing to get contributions from the pitching staff top, you know, top to bottom. Um, and this just cleaning up some things, right? Like, you know, we want to see the stolen bases thing cleaned up. Um, I feel like it's good to see that the strikeouts at the plate are coming down, something that we kind of harped on. So I think things are continuing to be ironed out and worked on. And I think we're starting to see some positive signs from the team as a whole. Um, but I think when you think about conference play this season, I think it's a really good opportunity for USF. I feel like this is a, a season where, you know, our conference only has eight teams and this is the last season where it's going to be like that, you know, because next year we're, we're expanding, adding in, I think, five or six schools, losing three, but that's going to make the conference bigger. And a lot of those teams coming in next year are are really, really good baseball schools. So this is a, a season where you still have this opportunity to play in this conference that, yeah, the, the AAC has historically been a really good baseball conference, but uh, honestly, this season, it's not as deep or dangerous uh, as it has been in the past. So I, I think that USF's schedule so far this season has been more difficult than what their conference conference season is going to be. And that's not to say that it's going to be easy by any means. I'm just saying that there's definitely an opportunity to improve the record and to improve the results, given who the Bulls are going to be playing in conference play this year. 
Um, yeah. I think aside from ECU and UCF, everyone in the conference is at least 148 or higher in RPI. Um, so as you as you mentioned, the, the conference isn't nearly as strong as it has been in, in years past. And when, you know, you look at teams like Tulane who are uh, struggling pretty mightily, I think they only have six wins on the entire season this year. Uh, and just actually lost tonight pretty uh, handily to New Orleans in a midweek game. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, kind of looking at the the actual conference. Yeah, I, th I think the Bulls, you know, in conference play, in order to feel like they're making the progress that they want, you just got to start consistently winning weekends. You know, you get three games per week with your conference opponent, you got to find a way to win that weekend. You either have to sweep it or you got to go in and win two out of three, you know, and that's always going to be very challenging no matter who you're playing. But if you want to start building an identity as a good team that people talk about, that is kind of more acknowledged on a national basis, that's the kind of thing that, you know, the committee that, the national media that the fans, the local fans of the team are looking for is can you win those weekend series? Again, you don't have to win, you don't have to win every game. Uh, I think you just want to see start seeing the Bulls consistently win weekends, you know. And this year we've only won one out of our six weekends. Um, that was the, the weekend against Army. And that's something that has to change in conference play in order to to really, you know, show that this team is progressing. And I think, too, when you look at the overall roster, you know, this team is built to win. You know, we have the depth. We have, you know, really solid bats all throughout the order. Um, starting pitching is really starting to come around, too. Uh, so, you know, I, I think one thing that's really important, too, in any sport is peaking at the right time. And I think as you look at the season progress, although it hasn't necessarily shown up in the win column, um, you know, I, I think that there's been slowly but surely a, a kind of cohesion of, you know, different facets of the ball game coming together. Yeah, I mean, think about a guy like Raphael Betancourt, who's emerging as one of the best hitters for the Bulls. You know, he didn't start playing at all until the 17th game of the season. Uh, he's now played 10 games or 26 games in, you know, it's a completely different dynamic than, you know, what you're seeing in the past. And I would venture to say the Bulls record in the last 10 games is uh, actually, I would say 500 or I'm not exactly sure, but I would say at least close to 500 the Bulls are generally playing better as of late. And I think that we're seeing progress continue. But, you know, the last segment we just want to get into is, you know, looking ahead to UCF this weekend, who actually just lost tonight to FAU. Um, F UCF is having a pretty good season. I mean, their record is 16 and 10, but as of late, they're not playing quite as well. Um, they've lost four of their last five games, uh, and they've lost three in a row now. Um, they've kind of had a lot of, like, inconsistencies with their pitching. I mean, many college teams do. But what I would say is that their their offense has generally been really good all season. I think that's going to be the main thing is can our pitching and defense and just control of the running game, can, can we keep UCF in check 
Can we keep them in the ballpark? Can we can we keep them from getting extra bases? I think that's going to be huge. You know, they have an experienced lineup. They got three guys that have eight, eight home runs or more. Um, a couple guys that have been there for a really long time, like Tom Justin and uh, I forget the other guy's name. It's been a Brian McCabe or something like that, Brett McCabe. Um, so both those guys have been there for a while, and they have a lot of other veterans in their in their batting order. Um, so they're they're kind of like an older lineup. Kind of reminds me of like Florida Gulf Coast's lineup. A lot of older guys that can kind of mash. But um, you know our offense is playing really well and should be able to to go punch for punch with them. Honestly, with the way that our offense is playing right now. Um, it's really just going to – I think it's going to be maybe a slightly higher scoring series. Um, I could see that. I think um, the winner the winner basically is going to come down to who can get the starting pitcher out sooner. That's what it's really going to come down to. Yeah, that's a good point, Matt. Um, you know, UCF starting pitchers are pretty good. Um, Friday night they'll be throwing out Rudy Gomez, who's in his second year with UCF. Uh, fifth-year senior overall. Um, Saturday, they're probably throwing out Dom Stagliano, who has generally been pretty good for them, but coming off of a rough outing against Maryland where he gave up six runs in four innings. And then on Sunday, likely to see Jacob Marlowe, who just had a good start, seven innings, three runs. Um, but their bullpen doesn't really impress me that much. Looking at the stats and innings, they have like a – a bunch of guys that like haven't really pitched that many innings. It's, it's kind of like, I think they're kind of still spreading out the innings and trying to figure out who they can trust in their bullpen. But uh, like you said, if we can knock their starting pitchers out early um, work counts and, and get, get runners on the bases, however necessary, maybe even put some pressure on them with, you know, hidden runs or steals um, just make those pitchers work more than they want to. Um, and, and get them out of the game early. Get try to get these guys out before the sixth inning, and you know make force the their manager to have to play around with his bullpen that doesn't really seem like he's too high on. <laughs> so um, I think I think that's 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 big. I'll tell you what, if uh, I'll make a, a bold claim here, but if we can keep their starters to fifteen innings pitch or less, I think we. Uh, either take the series or sweep. Okay. That's, that's an interesting thing. I think that'll be good to, good to see how that plays out. Um, and I, I feel good about our starting pitching going to the weekends. You know, Ethan is settling into his Friday night role that he held down well last year and is starting to hold down really well this year. Now that he's, I think he'll be making his fourth start for us this season after starting most of the beginning, after all of the beginning of the season in the bullpen. Um, you know, so he's really settling into his role. Hunter Mink has been really steady the last couple of weeks as a strong Saturday starter. And we talked about Jack and, and you know, his ability to bounce back, which I fully expect to uh, to see this weekend. But, but with that, I uh, appreciate everybody listening, and uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.